Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There was a study done, and these are not my numbers, but the estimate is that in the next 50 years, the truffle harvest will decrease somewhere between 78% and 100%. So just because it's such a delicate relationship between the truffle and the root system, between the fungus and the root system, it's just, it works in harmonious action together. And if that's slightly off in any way, you're just not going to get truffles. The tree will survive, but you just won't get that fungus. So it's just one of those things where this climate is not right anymore in the med and it's moving further north is a better place to grow them. And look, we wouldn't be doing it if we didn't have the proof of concept. We've done our testing. We're actually growing. You can buy Irish truffles now. Would have seemed impossible maybe even 20 years ago. Welcome to the Capital Club podcast. I'm your host, Brian C. Adams. Tune in weekly to hear from top industry leaders as we discuss relevant topics in the world of business, investing, health and wellness, geopolitics, and more. To learn more about the show, visit excelsiorgp.com slash podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Capital Club Podcast. Sit with me for a third showing, which I think is a record on the show. I don't know if it's a dubious one to hold, but I think you're the first three-parter. Louis O'Connor, who is the Managing Director of Truffle Farms Invest, which offers private investors to be partners in a truffle farm in Ireland that will produce passive income for the next 30 to 40 years. He has appeared in publications like the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and has been on this show to talk about rare earth and strategic metals. This is something that Louis brought up to me that I think is just cool to learn about and is a very exotic alternative investment. That's a bit esoteric, but that's where we learn. And so I was intrigued. And so I'm excited to talk a little bit more. How did you get into this? Let's start there. Yeah. Truffles in Ireland. Yeah. But yeah, it's a great learning experience, Brian, as you said. What my niche, if you will, if I have one, is always trying to see that sort of path of progress play, which is look at industries, say, for the last 10 years and what's likely to happen in the next 10. And I've always been interested in agriculture. I 
was looking for maybe a reason to come back to Europe because I was in Germany for 10 years. I was in Latin America for 15 years. And this is going back now to 2005 when the seed was first planted, if you will. But for the last 30, even 40 years, the weather has been changing. Regardless of the causes or what you believe in there, that's irrelevant to me. It's the fact that if you talk to an olive farmer in Italy or a truffle grower in the Med in France, they'll tell you the weather's changing because their crops are getting less and less. So what happened was I was reading about the fact that traditionally the black truffle, what they call the black diamond in the culinary world, it's native or it's been growing in southwestern France and north of Spain and also Italy because of the climate there. And literally, they've been getting less and less harvest because they're getting longer periods of drought. And the truffle is, it's the cousin of a mushroom and it grows under the ground. It's got a symbiotic relationship with the root system of oak trees and hazel trees. So it's a very delicate balance in order to get truffles. In about 2005, I read about a agri-science company in the UK who were going to grow the Mediterranean truffle. They were going to test and see, could they grow it in the British Isles? And in 2015, they made history. They grew the Mediterranean truffle in different parts of the UK. They tested. And then what we did here, locally here, I wasn't involved at this stage. This was an agri-science partner and a fourth-generation farmer here. They planted a 1,000 truffle trees in five different locations in Ireland. And since about 2020, 2020, 2021, they've been harvesting this truffle. History has been made. It's an agri-science project aligned with nature and with very experienced farmers. Yeah, if you say to people, grow truffles, if they know anything about agriculture, they think you're crazy. But the fact is, it's been done now and it's been done just 20 minutes up the road from me. So you touched on this a little bit. I know enough to be dangerous about truffles. They're hard to find they're historically hard to domesticate or farm so are those the two dynamics that make them so expensive i think first and foremost the tastes go back to sort of roman times they've been associated with luxury and all yeah as well i think because of the delicacy of them and the difficulty to harvest them so they have a sort of a through thousands of years they've had this sort of a luxury it has been attached to them all right but what people might not know as well is truffles have always grown wild here in ireland and we have a lot of rain but we're also it's a very moderate people complain about the weather here all the time but actually we have a very moderate climate here it never gets very hot but it never gets very cold either and ireland was the island was 80 percent forest when going back say 500 years ago and then we were Obviously, the Brits were here and colonized. And the, the Brits, the English, I should say, chopped down a lot of the forests for shipbuilding. You know, at that time. Don't get us in any trouble on the show, Louis. <laughs> yes, be careful with our terminology here. Yeah. yeah. No, that was like a very polite version of what we. Yes. <laughs> but no, so the forests were taken down for shipbuilding. At that time, the sun never set on the British Empire and long before aviation came along. But truffles have always grown wild here. And they still do today. And now we've introduced the agri-science to it, which is what we do is in the laboratory, they inoculate the root system of the, the baby sapling 
at birth almost, and they, they stay in the laboratory. We don't plant them in the ground until, one, the relationship between the fungus and the root system is thriving, and two, until they're at least sort of 18 months, maybe two years old. So it's already, and then as long as the soil, as here in Tipperary, we've the perfect limestone soil, it's perfect uh, for truffle cultivation. And then the harvesting you mentioned, which is they grow underground, so you have to train dogs to sniff them out and search them. But you've got it like the five locations in Ireland where we tested are, are all still secret. One is in Tipperary, but it's not far from me here, but its exact location is still a secret because they really do have a high value. Yeah, and that's one of the things I was going to ask you about. Like I said, I don't know much about this world, but what I do know is there's a super fancy resort in East Tennessee called Blackberry Farm. It's in the Smoky Mountains. Similar, maybe climate, temperate zone to what you have in Ireland, probably some bigger extremes. But they were one of the first places in the U.S., they said, to be able to domestically farm them or to culture them in a farm-like setting. But even then, what they had been doing was using dogs. They have these truffle hunting dogs that are a particular breed and they sell them for like an astronomical amount of money to people who live in a city that don't have anything to do with truffle hunting, but they're fun to have. But that's historically, pigs and dogs were how you found these things historically foraging in the forest, right? Yeah. And still to this day, they stopped using the pigs because the pigs were eating the truffles. They couldn't stop them from eating them, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? Predictable, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, to this day, you still need to get a dog. To be honest with you, any good dog trainer could train a dog to figure out where the truffles are. It's not a big deal for certain breeds, of course. But yeah, you do to this day. Yeah, we know, obviously, we, we plant them when they're in full dormancy in the winter. And then the truffle season, then we know when to expect them. And every sort of seven to 10 days, you get truffles and you just head out with the dog and you have to dig in and, and delicately remove them. And, and that's it. Yeah. So I just want to make sure I understand. So advancements in horticulture and science allowed you to just have a better ability to culture these in a farm-like setting, but you still need to go out and actually forage for them on these properties. Yeah. Is that right? As I said earlier, like naturally without any human intervention, truffles have been growing wild here. So we know we have the right climate. And with agri-science and technology now, what we can do is play God a little bit. So what we do is we get a baby sapling that they thrive with the oak tree or the hazel tree, even beet, but in Ireland, it's the native oak tree. So we inoculate the root system of the baby tree with the fungus instead of, it will happen naturally anyway. It should happen or it often happens naturally. So what we do is we just give it a bit of a head start and we inoculate the root system already. So by the time the tree goes in to the soil, when it's two years old, the root system is already thriving with the fungus. It's a symbiotic relationship down below the ground. So we just plan it out as much as we can. Look, ultimately, we don't have to final say. We have to allow nature takes its course. But once you have certain pH levels in the soil, and it's mostly, I'll tell you the biggest threat, um, Brian, is mismanagement, is not managing the right. You need proper biosecurity, fencing, you don't want any sort of other type of pests or diseases or another fungi coming in. So you restrict the amount of people that go up there. You have biosecurity fencing, you have special footwear and you have pools and stuff for 
Yeah, I mean, it, it happens naturally, but we do our best then just to allow it to happen after that. And it's just ready for scale. As I said, there was only a thousand trees planted in five different locations. And the location where we are, it's like a miniature Downton Abbey, if you've seen that. It's a three-story old Georgian estate, and we've converted the stable. So we're not just growing truffles there. It's also a, a herb dispensary. We grow flowers and plants and herbs which are used for medicinal purposes. We grow wheat there as well. It's a 200-acre farm. So we're going to dedicate about 20 acres, maybe 50, to truffles. And we're going to bring in some investors as well. Yeah, I checked out the website for the farm. It looks beautiful. It's probably a really cool place to spend some time. Can you talk a little bit more about how this market works? You mentioned that production has decreased because of the changing weather patterns and climate. Obviously, Southern Europe is experiencing hugely hot summers and, and massive amounts of drought that's been in the news the last couple of years. How badly impacted has the truffle market been because of it? And how does the truffle market work? Is it just like a typical produce in terms of supply, demand, and a pretty dynamic pricing arena? Yeah. Yeah, the truffles themselves obviously are in huge demand in sort of the top high-end restaurants worldwide. What I can tell you is the, the harvest is decreasing in the Mediterranean every year and has been for 40 years. And there was a study done, and th these are not my numbers, but the estimate is that in the next 50 years, the truffle harvest will decrease somewhere between 78% and 100%. So just because it's such a delicate relationship between the truffle and the root system, between the fungus and the root system. It's just, it works in harmonious action together. And if that's slightly off in any way, you're just not going to get truffles. The tree will survive, but you just won't get that fungus. So it's just one of those things where this climate is not right anymore in the med and it's moving further north is a better place to grow them. And look, we wouldn't be doing it. We didn't have the proof of concept. We've done our testing. We're actually growing. You can buy Irish truffles now. Would have seemed impossible maybe even 20 years ago, but it's a fact when the demand is there. We're in Tipperary. We're very close to Shannon Airport, which is the sort of transatlantic stopover between North America and Europe. So we can have truffles in the US or Ireland is part of the EU. So we've the whole European market and even China. We can have truffles anywhere in the world within 24 hours. Exceptional family offices, family enterprises, wealth management, and financial services organizations require superior leadership to successfully thrive in today's competitive environment. Building a team of talented leaders is a complex challenge that is best accomplished in partnership with a firm that offers a proven track record of success, which is why I'd like to introduce you to our new sponsor, Mac International. Mac International is recognized as the premier boutique firm that specializes in providing retained executive search and strategic human capital consulting solutions to single and multi-client family offices, family enterprises, and the full spectrum of wealth management advisory, investment management, and financial services firms that serve ultra-high net private investors and family offices on a national and international basis. If you're interested in learning more about Mac International, visit their website at macinternational.com. That all makes sense. And this facility have in-house production capabilities. I'm not sure how labor intensive is it once they're up out of the ground. 
to get them ready to go to my dinner plate in Nashville. Yeah. Our agri-science partner, we've a fourth-generation farmer here in Tipperary who runs Shan Valley Estate, the one you saw. And then we have an agri-science partner who, where we buy the baby saplings from and who advises on the management. They can also provide the sale of the truffles, but we will explore moving up the value chain ourselves. And why wouldn't we? So at the moment, Brian, if we plant trees, let's say by the end of this year, it's actually a total of nearly seven years before you see truffles. But because the tree is already two years old, our investors will, it'll be four or five years before you see any returns. So that's the amount of time we have to either, we do have a, a plan A, ourselves will look at Whole Foods and Tesco here in Ireland and Dunn stores and there's some big German supermarkets that are all over Europe as well. So there's lots of options and we will, our offer to the private investor is we sell them, say, 400 trees, let's say on half an acre of land. And we guarantee then that we will resell once the, the profits are. Part of our management contract is to sell the truffles as well. So if people are thinking about this in terms of investing or an allocation, what would it be analogous to that they might be more familiar with if people want to just get their arms around this a little bit? It's pretty straightforward. The minimum investment is $30,000 and you get 400 truffle trees for that price, but also included in the price is all the management up until there's a harvest. So that any of the assets on the farm, all the management, the biosecurity, everything like that. And then when we get to harvest, there's a 70-30 split. So the investor gets 70% of the gross and, and we, the farm management company, get 30%. So because of the high value of truffles, on average, you'd be looking at somewhere between 25-29% return a year for 35 to 40 years. That's the average. And then even if we looked at what price that they never dropped to, what's the lowest price truffles have ever sold? Even at that, you're still looking at a sort of 12 to 18% return. And then there's even higher above. I won't go into that, but I'd rather quote just the average. Yeah, I guess that's a pretty typical private equity model. I'm curious, is it similar to an olive tree where these things will produce and yield for generations or do they have a, a set lifetime of production? How, what's that look like? Yeah. 35 to 40 years. 35 to 40 years. Now the tree, an oak tree will live longer, but currently that's what our estimate is. 30. I mean, it could be longer, but that's a fair amount of time to begin with anyway. But yeah, m- much any other agricultural like mangoes or avocados, you're looking at at least 30 years, but with the truffles, generally you'll get 30, 35 to 40. I was curious when I was thinking about this. So I would think on some level, this is a lifestyle investment as well. You're involved with the agricultural industry, but I assume it's all regenerative and restorative and in line with kind of natural, like you said, these are already occurring naturally in Ireland. You're just cultivating them to a broader extent. Would people have the ability to go visit the property and spend time there and check it out and sure and must drink beer with you and eat truffles <laughs> yeah whatever most. they want to get up to <laughs> if you want to mix the two yeah i'm sure there'll be beer involved yeah. but no yeah most welcome we 
not only welcome that, but we really would encourage, as you saw from the brochure, Shambali House, now it's also an event center. So we've accommodation there. If somebody takes the time to come over, we put them up. We converted the stables to accommodation and the top floor of the Georgian house is also accommodation. The middle floor is a restaurant, an organic restaurant. But Shambali Estate itself is already Irish organic certified. So it's a 100% organic farm. And yeah, we'd expect people to come visit or we hope that they would for sure. Yeah. And we've only just really opened it up to private investors and we're talking with a few sort of marketing companies, maybe in North America that might just take it on and bring over a tour once or twice a year or something like that. But no, we'd love, we really want people to visit and see the farm. I've flown into Shannon a handful of times, easy flight in and out. And if it's close to that, then that makes it really easy, convenient. I want to shift gears, but talk about a broader conversation, putting on my tinfoil hat. I've done some homework on countries that make a lot of sense to relocate to for a number of reasons. I would love to talk for a little bit about Ireland and how it's positioned from a geopolitical security perspective and how that it's obviously part of this broader conversation of allocating capital to Ireland through this truffle play. But you've spent time abroad and you interact with a lot of international investors what are some of the pros that people might not really think of in terms of Ireland as a place to allocate capital to? Yeah, yeah, it's a very good point. Ireland's just a different country in the last 30 years, Brian. Until the 1980s, the previous 150 years, we really had just had emigration. There was, we're an island in the North Atlantic and on the edge of Europe, and there was no real reason to come here but obviously we have peace now in northern ireland we've been a member of the eu since the 1972 i think we joined no because i'd left i was away for 30 years and it's a completely different country i think the biggest thing that ireland has to offer is the warmth and hospitality of the people it really is a fun place to live very Good fun and carefree and not too serious. It's funny you mention it because I've been thinking, I wonder when we start to get more North Americans retiring here because there's a lot of Europeans have holiday homes here, Germans and Italians and French and down along West Cork and Kerry. It's beautiful. And I spent some time in Panama and there's a lot of North Americans have a retirement home or are retiring to Central America, I think, one, because of its close proximity to the U.S., and two, because the weather is good. They're usually getting away from a harsh winter, right? And Ireland, we don't have the weather, so that might be keeping people away a little bit, but very safe. I think there's a market coming there for people. Investment-wise, to be honest with you, I think the U.S. is still way more innovative and creative when it comes to investing and opportunities like that, I'd rather hear what's going on in America than what's going on here, to be honest. Europeans in Europe can be very conservative still and very safe, which is good. But it's always interesting to me more what's happening in the US. The property market here is, in my opinion, overpriced. I wouldn't buy property in Ireland at the moment, but I would in Portugal or maybe in Greece or in Croatia or other parts of Europe. But yeah, that's about it, yeah. 
Yeah, I think people, when they think about Ireland, they see the postcards and they think of the pubs and all of the touristy stuff. But if you take a step back, access to the EU, a stable currency, you don't really have to import much foodstuffs. Like you're very independent from a food production perspective, as well as energy is a little bit of a challenge for you all, but a very stable political environment pretty stable population and a lot of room, right? If you go back and think about, you have one of the largest diasporas of any culture in the world, but since kind of the 19th century, your population had not what it used to be. So there's a lot of room for people to go there. I just don't think people think of it as one of these safe haven countries necessarily, but it has a lot of things going for it. It doesn't really have severe weather, et cetera. So it's just an interesting perspective along the lines of this truffle conversation of maybe people should rethink so many global families are looking to relocate for any number of reasons. Yeah. I really think Ireland should be on the short list. Really good public uh, university system, good education, obviously English, which is really yeah. helpful for most global citizen and global families. So it just has a lot of check the box things. I think people may not think of it in that perspective. Yeah, 100%. And what you said there, like Ireland is the least populated country in Europe per, per capita. We have loads of space and it is beautiful, yeah. I have a feeling that what we're talking about in five to 10 years from now would look completely different. I think we see more North Americans here because once they come, they do like it. As you said, we speak English and it is a long- Most time. of the time, most of the time. <laughs> yeah, it's true, it's true. But also I think air travel now, it's, you can get, you can leave New York five-hour flight to, to Dublin, a bit longer from the West Coast, but it's not that far. And big thing as well is that we speak a common language, or at least we think we do. <laughs> Depends on how late in the night it is. Yeah. Uh, Louis, I want to thank you so much for joining us again. It's always a pleasure. You have a cool perspective on things and always digging into some cool alternative assets. If people are interested in learning more about the truffle opportunity, where should they go to, to find out more? Yeah, just go to the website www.trufflefarminvest.com and they can see Chambali House and Chambali Estate there or email me directly, Louis, L-O-U-I-S at trufflefarminvest.com. And if you're over this way, Brian, drop in and we, I've never tasted truffles and Guinness at the same time, but since you brought it up, we give it a go. Yeah, I think we should give it a whirl next time I'm it's over there. It's usually Guinness um, oysters, but we'll see, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> As we finish, we were talking before we went live. I got to get your prediction for the Rugby World Cup. Ireland's ranked very high, looking good. But are you feeling confident? Are they going to be able to pull this off? I think so. I think, yeah. Look, you don't want to be ranked number one or you don't want to be the favorites really going into any tournament. And we are for the first time in our history. But the All Blacks are not what they were. We just beat South Africa, the most physically brutal side in the world. They just come in to steamroll you over. And if they don't, they come in to do it again. They've just got one play. And they just threw everything they had at Ireland on Saturday. And we beat them. Now, there was a bit of luck involved. But yeah, I think I can tell you it'll probably be Ireland, France or South Africa. And yeah, I think we have a very good chance to do it, get it over the line. We'll be pulling for you. Thank you, thank you. Louis, best of luck on the truffle side and best of luck to your side. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details the rugby tournament thanks indeed brian pleasure thank you all right take care thank you for joining us for today's conversation on the capital club podcast if you enjoyed what you heard be sure to like rate and leave us a review and please follow us on your favorite streaming platform so you never miss an episode